0: Cochrane for All. Better evidence for better health decisions.
1: Hello, everyone. We're, uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm Douglas Basnock in this case, uh, working with Beyond the Room at Cochrane for All. Uh, and I'm joined by Holger Schunemann who uh, work, works at McMaster, Professor of Epidemiology. Would you like to introduce yourself, Holger?
0: Sure. Um, thank you. Yeah, my name is Holger Schunemann. I um, am Director of Cochrane Canada, and I work at McMaster Universi- University, um, which is in Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada, obviously.
1: Brilliant. And what I wanted to ask you about today was the GRADE system for appraising evidence and Uh, assigning a level of confidence to the recommendations. We we heard in this morning's plenary about the problem that not all evidence is created equal and I think some of the people who are perhaps new to systematic reviews, getting involved in in health, I think it would be helpful for them to know that we have a systematic approach to dealing with these grey areas uh, where one piece of evidence might be more reliable than another. So I was going to ask if you could summarize for, for that audience what, what is great, uh, and how is it being, being used in practice?
0: Sure, I'm very happy to. So as you just indicated, not evidence is created equally, um, which basically means in layman's terms there is good research and there is not so good research or bad research, to say it in other terms. And um, the great system or the great approach um, tries to exactly... Um, do what you described, and that is to find out um, um, how much certainty or confidence we can put in evidence that has been synthesized, for instance, through a systematic review. Um, There is a second um, step to that approach, to the great approach, which then identifies the criteria that um, support making a decision. And that goes beyond the simple evidence assessment, and includes, uh, it includes a process of judgments on the basis of that evidence um, and conclusions, which um, um, may be a recommendation in a healthcare guideline or a coverage decision or a health policy type of decision. So these two aspects we try to keep separate when we explain the approach. So I start with the first one, which is much more relevant for systematic review authors, which is essentially following good systematic review practices, that is, um, um, compiling evidence in a transparent way. And I should say that um, the main accomplishment of GRADE, which is a approach that has been around for about 18 years now, was we started working about 18 years um, ago, um, basing it on on previous work that had been done. But the main accomplishment is, is um um, achieving transparency in the judgments and um, um, then also allow for um, informed discord or informed um, conversations about where researchers may not agree, where the public may not agree with uh, um, with researchers, and so on but the the great approach um, is a utilizes a structured approach to um, working through the evidence and making. Um, again, making assessments about um, um, the certainty of the evidence, starting with um, a simple evaluation, how well are the studies done? Are there any important limitations? Have the, um, um, Has there been any bias introduced in um, um, the way that the study was conducted? That's the very first um, aspect. And it's um, um, beginning with a assessment of single research pieces and ends up with an assessment of that bias across all of the research that is included in a knowledge synthesis. Then the next question that we ask um, um, is, or one of the next questions that we ask in sequence, how well does this evidence with regards to the populations that were studied, the interventions that includes tests, the comparisons and the health outcomes, how well does this evidence relate to the original question that Um, a systematic review author or a guideline panel may have had. Um, It's an applicability um, um, issue, but we we call that um, um, we evaluate how direct or how indirect the evidence is. Mm. The third um, um, domain that we are looking at is, now, a systematic review tries to identify a fairly homogeneous um, body of evidence. Um, We're now saying, we're now looking at Here should be a homogeneous body of evidence. What if we find differences in the results? Um, We call it inconsistency. We try to explain that inconsistency. If we cannot explain inconsistency, the studies should be showing the same, then um, we lower our confidence. And then um, um, two additional factors that that lead to lowering our our certainty are related to when um, there is very sparse data and there are very explicit ru- um, rules in, in grade in terms of how to op- operationalize the assessment. When there is sparse data, we lower our certainty and publication bias. That is, research that should be published but hasn't been published And might have important influence, uh, um, impact on the actual interpretation of the results that would lower our certainty further. Um, For, in particular, non randomized studies, so studies that have not used randomization to allocate um, individuals to either treatment or tests or comparisons, um, there are um, three um, domains that lead to increasing our certainty, um, in particular when we deal with very large effects. Um, that typically increases our certainty that a a threshold is crossed by an intervention in terms of an effect. Um, It has to do with um, when there are dose-effect relationships um, that typically increases our certainty and then a complicated methodological um, um, epidemiological domain that um, we also look at. But these eight domains essentially are being looked at in a structured way first one after another and then Integrating it, going back and saying, "Okay, how does that domain relate to the other domain?" In order to come up with an overall um, assessment, the the great approach is is um, um, a conceptual framework, as we would say it, or um, a system to um, assess evidence. Obviously, it is used by over one hundred organizations around the world. It's um, the approach that is used by the World Health Organization, by NICE in the UK to assess evidence by um, um, many, many, many um, um, guideline developers and health technology agencies and professional societies around the world. So we've seen um, an enormous uptake over the past um, 18 years or so. And the reason, we believe, is, um, is still, despite the fact that there are very complex assessments that are being done, um, the simplicity of its use um, with regards to communicating the, the key findings at the, at the end. And, and that is really, I think that has really been um, um, one of the reasons for, for the successes. So people who are using
1: the great approach, they'll, they'll run through a sequence in the same order every time. And so, for example, if we find uh, inconsistency in the results of the different papers that are going into the review that raises a question as to these papers might be actually looking at something different from each other they're not actually looking at the same question or there's something else going on here maybe some missing data because if the papers were looking at the same question we'd expect yeah. consistent results and so all, all, all these quite difficult yeah. assessments in, um, in trying to answer one question uh, it, it's uh, a, a, an extraordinary achievement. I, I, I wonder what your, you know, what your personal reflection is on how, in practice, this works out. I mean, what are the problems? Is it easy to get? For example, if if I was to sit and look at a paper and apply some trade criteria to it, and you were to do it to the same paper, would we get the same result? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what, what studies have you have you done to? to demonstrate the validity of the
0: approach. Yeah, so um, very good. So there, there are, um, obviously there are questions about um, validity and reliability um, um, that referring a lot to reliability. So a couple of points that are really important. Um, we have um, paid great attention over the past 15 years to develop um, um, good, cri- good operationalization um uh um, manuals i would say and most importantly um grade has an official software package it's called grade pro the grade profiler or grade pro gdt that um integrates um this assessment with instructions um making it a bit f- more foolproof than than um um if the assessment was just done on paper um without the instructions and um you know, standardizing these these um, these judgments. Once um, we have started to use these type of approaches, our um, um, reliability or reproducibility—that is, some um, two raters coming up with similar ratings—has um, has improved to certainly in in measurement in the measurement world to very acceptable levels. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say um, judgment is involved. We don't expect perfect agreement because um, right now we are we are not at a stage where. Where results are equally well reported, so that we would really expect them complete agreement. But great, the benefit of GRADE is to to know on what we disagree, and that really has not been there in terms of a framework before.
1: And that's very interesting. I think particularly where we come to, you know, some of the sort of um, uh, where the rubber meets the road sort of things around uh, clinical decision making, uh, to have that transparency around. Uh, around the d- disagreement, um, if I'm looking at, at a systematic review uh, or a guideline uh, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think, well, has this guideline been uh, uh, developed using the appropriate methods, what sort of signposts should I be looking for that would tell me, okay, here's, here's an area where there's some uncertainty and this is the, 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 the type of debate. So if I wanted to get involved and, uh, and, and understand what the nature of that is, do, do the grade assessments, are they part of the published document, or is there a way of uh, of, of getting that detail?
0: Yes, so so we use the, the great pro software to produce what we call summary of findings tables that are, have become an integral part of Cochrane reviews, but of many other reviews as well. And these are brief tables summarizing the key results of the review. And they go beyond what is, um, in the research world, Um, um, typically used an abstract of the finding. The the summary of findings table um, basically lists the important questions and the relevant outcomes for decision making, and it includes in an assessment um, in a simple cell, an assessment of the certainty of the evidence that one can have in terms of the intervention effect or the test effect on that specific outcome, including numerical descriptors. And then um, from there, we look at it in a in a layered type of approach, from there, a user of the information can go and understand exactly why, for instance, the certainty may have been rated down. It's a four-category certainty level from high to low certainty of the evidence. So that can be easily that – that is easy to obtain – we also um, link that to what we now call interactive summary of findings tables, which allow the user to, to understand the evidence even better and play with the, um, the information to the extent that it is best understandable.
1: And to someone who's coming at that sort of information for the first time, what advice would you have for them in terms of what do they, you know, what do they need to read to get themselves um, clues up about it, and how should they interpret this? So, you know, for example, the, the, a specific outcome, that our, our guideline makes some recommendations on might be at a different time frame from the one that interests me or it might be defined slightly differently or if it's a you know if, if I'm a patient there might be something an outcome that's slightly different that I'm interested in so what, what advice would you give to people who are who are going to um, uh, try to grapple with that information and in making a, a, a decision
0: perhaps beginning with looking at the um, at the write summaries. Um, So Cochrane Reviews also have different types of summaries that express in narrative format um, what is in the summary of findings table. So if, um, if I'm truly a lay person coming to a topic for the very first time, perhaps it's best to focus on the plain language summary that includes a narrative um, about the certainty of the evidence assessment as well as the, um, um, as well as the uh, um, effect sizes. But um, then typically what we learn is that most patients, once they become, or the public, once they become interested in a topic, they learn very quickly and want more information. So under those circumstances, the summary of findings table may be helpful, but um, we believe very strongly that um, systematic reviews should should um, um, be integrated in what we call decision frameworks, um, where more information than just the effect of an intervention is displayed. So, for instance, with regards to how important are the outcomes, what, how do patients value the outcomes that are being addressed? Um, issues around feasibility or acceptability of an intervention. So. And for that, that's typically the role of a guideline. We would produce different type of summaries. Um, So we have patient-friendly summaries. We directly develop through, um, or we are now able directly through the software in collaboration with guideline developers to develop um, interactive decision aids that can be placed on the web, printouts, and we have some really good examples for um, um, how this actually works and and um, how it can inform the patients, people professionals but also policymakers yeah
1: Cochrane for all better evidence for
0: everyone follow the hashtag Cochrane for all to get the science and evidence to empower better decisions